This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Amanda and Brittany. <laughs> are you sure you're Brittany? Because a few seconds ago, you sounded like a robot. <laughs> I was trying to control my giggles. Do we want to make the noise you made a few seconds ago? <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> okay. Hi. Hi. How you doing? I made it here today. Yay! Yay! It's episode 55. 55. I do like 55. <laughs> we had that discussion last week. That was kind of a ridiculous discussion. It was kind of a discussion last week, but as I was on my way to work yesterday, the day of the supermoon, <laughs> I realized there's a number that comes in threes that I don't like. And there was a gas price. 333. I do not like 333. Why? I don't know. It just, I don't like it. I don't vibe with it. I don't like it. I have so many feelings I've seen right it. now. I'm like, <laughs> it clicked. I was like, there's a number I don't like. The bug, I'll put my glass down so I'm not shaking my eyes while <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking. This is the weirdest conversation. No, we don't just have to put as this in weird here. But I meant to tell you that yesterday. 54 I meant to tell you that yesterday at work. I was like, oh, that number irks me. It rubs me the wrong way. I don't like it. Okay. Well, since we like 55, let's, let's move on with episode 55. Okay. Which is <clears throat> schizophrenic, schizophrenic breaks. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> And thank God it's home day. It's home day. We dance every time. Every now. time. It I can't help happens. it. It ain't cute dancing, but it's there. I like it. I think I'm cute. You're just cute. But they don't need to see that. <laughs> so we're going to keep our cuteness to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... um You go. This <laughs> It was my turn for home day treats. So, <laughs> stop looking at the pictures. It was right there. I can't help myself. I saw it. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway, hump day treat. Yeah. So, there's a story behind this treat. Isn't there always? I got to tell y'all what happened today. Okay. First, let me find the page so I can properly explain this. Okay. So, I was trying my hand at cocktails again. Mm-hmm. From our mixology and murder Cocktail book. Good book. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of going to be giving away my topic, but I don't care. <laughs> so, <laughs> Ma'am, you can do that. You are the boss. The drink that I'm sort of made <laughs> is called <laughs> Mother Dearest. Mm-hmm. A play on a mother's milk cocktail. This drink is especially fitting for the story of Edward Gein, a man who had such an unhealthy obsession with his mother, even after she died, that he inspired Alfred Hitchcock's character, Norman Bates, in Psycho. Yeah. So, 
This drink has one and a half ounces of butterscotch schnapps, one and a half ounces of heavy whipping cream, an ounce of cinnamon simple syrup, um, which is like a unicorn. It doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> one <laughs> tablespoon of coffee grounds and three whole coffee beans for garnish. And you just put it all in there and you shake it all up and you pour it in a glass. Sounds simple, right? If you have a teeny tiny, um, like kombucha bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds simple. Yeah. So, I set off on my journey today. <laughs> and yes, yes. First, Ashton and I went to Target to get some of the ingredients. Yeah. And we get to Target and open up the car doors and it starts pouring <laughs> rain. Yeah, it did. It was it wasn't no little light rain. No, it was it not that a misty. All day. All day just sporadic. It fucking poured on oh, us. Oh god. And Ashton's like, this is fun! Like, he's having to holler at me because the rain is so loud. And so we're holding hands, running, like hauling ass through the parking lot. I don't run. Ran today. (laughs) Hauled ass through Target parking lot. And got up there and we are literally soaked. Yeah. From head to toe. Don't you love that? Like shirts sticking to me. And of course, because just 30 seconds before it was 105 degrees outside... We get into Target, and it is freezing in there. Yep. And Ashton said, it's not fun anymore. Once we got into Target, and we were both, like, teeth chattering cold, Mm -hmm. it wasn't fun anymore. I got a hot coffee today. Yeah. So, we go. They don't have cinnamon simple syrup. And I was like, well, that's fine. Surely the liquor store has it. So, I get my whipping cream. My whipping cream. (laughs) And we leave. And I had all the coffee shit at home. Of course. So, Yeah. So then I go to Thrifty on the way here, and they have this one section yep. that has mixers and things of that nature, you know. Yeah. So I'm over there. One that, shelf. That's where my schnapps <laughs> is also. Yeah. So I get my butterscotch schnapps, which I thought might be difficult to find. It was not. There was like three different brands. Okay. How many people drink butterscotch schnapps? Two. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> but, uh. I grabbed that, and I'm looking everywhere. I can't even find this simple syrup. I'm finding everything but. I finally find it, and it's like a big-ass jug yeah. that a bartender would use. <laughs> That's with, with literally a little spout. all they had. Yeah. It was either regular simple syrup, or they had a grenadine syrup. Apparently, it's a thrifty thing, then, because every time I go in there, and it's something that I need a lot of, they have little bitty cans of, so you have to buy a bunch of them. Like pineapple juice mm-hmm. or <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. But the stuff you don't need much of, we get a gallon. Mm-hmm. So we got simple syrup for days. Yeah, we are set. They did not have cinnamon. So I was like, well, that's fine. We'll just throw some cinnamon on top, which we did. And it's good. Yeah. But the coffee ground thing. <laughs> oh, It oh, tells man. you in the recipe to strain it twice. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of contraption you're supposed to strain it with. Because we it's tried not, a lot. With, not with a shaker. Nope. Not with a coffee filter. Not with a coffee filter. And not with a whatever the fuck that thing was the that you handed me. The little mini metal strainer. I don't, I don't know what you call that. A yeah. Sieve. Almost like a sieve. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't work. No. So there's no coffee. I mean, we threw the coffee beans on top for a little, you know, razzle-dazzle, but there's no coffee in there. But it's still good. So we sort of have a mother dearest. We have a mommy deer. <laughs> a mommy deer. We have a mommy okay. deer. So, I, I, but it's good. I, I yeah, like it. It's frothy. I know. I love the frothy. The froth is good. 
I'm glad. Oh, <laughs> she tripled the recipe because <laughs> we poured it in there and it was in a coffee cup. Mm-hmm. It's a little coffee cup. It's it's not a giant. It's like regular. I didn't fill and it, it up. And it did not e- even come like halfway. Yeah. I'm almost so, done drinking it. I am too. We might have to make another one. Yeah. It's good. But yeah, try it. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you can find cinnamon simple syrup, let me know where that exists. Uh, yeah, because I think I kind of need that in my life. Probably next to Bigfoot's Barber. Like, that's probably, <laughs> probably the only place you can get it. Probably. Yeah, so there's that. Happy humping. Mm-hmm. And, and go to the socials. Do that. Yeah. That's where you're going to find the recipe. And the photos yeah. for these cases. So do that. Because we got pics. We do have pics. And uh, we have serial killers. Yeah. So let's do that. Let's talk about one of those. All right. Okay. I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> so obviously uh, my case is... Ed Gein. Mm-hmm. And I have put the whole story in a little nutshell for you guys. Yes. So here we go. Just about everyone has seen classic horror films. Why that word? I don't know. Horror. Horror. Scary. Films. Scurry films. <laughs> <laughs> like Psycho, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and The Silence of the Lambs. But what many may not know is that the terrifying villains in these three movies were all based on one real-life killer, Ed Gein, the yeah. so-called Butcher of Plainfield. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Let's go ahead and go look at a picture of him okay. and get that out the way. Okay. It says Ed Gein. Uh. He's got this uh, blank expression in most of the photographs. Okay. And the lopsided hat in most of the photographs. Yeah, I never understood the lopsided hat. It bugs me. I don't I know. just want to fix it. And the top button buttoned. That's how you should have known. That's how you should have known. Yeah. Something was off. Why yeah. are you buttoning that top button, bro? It's just, that's odd. It is odd. Yeah. His, his glare kind of scares me a little bit. Yeah. There he is. Okay. When police entered his Plainfield, Wisconsin home in November 1957, following the disappearance of a local woman, they walked straight into a house of horrors. I used the word again. Yes, I used you did. this word entirely too much for somebody that can't say it properly. <laughs> <laughs> Not only did they find the woman they were looking for, but they also found many shocking grisly objects crafted by Ed Gein. Yeah. His goal was to create a skin suit to quote unquote resurrect his dead mother. <laughs> so let's dive right into this, shall we? Okay. <laughs> Augusta and George Gein married in 1900 and had two sons. Born Edward Theodore Gein on August 27, 1906 in La Crosse, Wisconsin, Ed was raised under the influence of his religious and domineering mother, Augusta. Yep. There we go. Yep. It's always the mom. (laughs) (laughs) She raised Ed and his brother Henry to believe that the world was full of evil, that women were vessels of sin, and that drinking and immortality were the instruments of the devil. Frantic, well, all the fun stuff. We're screwed. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I accepted that a long time ago. Right. Frantic to protect her family from evil, Augusta insisted that they move from Lacrosse to Plainfield when Ed was eight years old and brother Henry was 13. Augusta had the family settle outside of town since she believed that living in town would corrupt her two young sons. Now that's you, bitch. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Ed only ever left his family's isolated farmhouse to go to school. 
He failed to establish any meaningful connections with his classmates who remembered him as socially awkward and prone to unexplained fits of laughter. <laughs> it's you! It's me! <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, crap. And now I'm going to pay closer attention to Amanda. <laughs> Ed's lazy eye and speech impediment made him an easy victim of bullies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because kids are dicks. Yeah. Kids are dicks. Yeah. Despite all this, Ed adored his mother. His father, who was a timid alcoholic, died in 1940. <laughs> A timid um, alcoholic. Mm-hmm. There's such a thing, apparently. Okay. Uh, when he wasn't drunk, he was a very, like, soft-spoken, very timid man. Like, Augusta was very domineering, and she wore the pants. And then he'd get drunk and beat up on everybody in the house. Oh, okay. So, well, being an alcoholic was his defense mechanism. Mechanism. Was his defense mechanism against Augusta. <laughs> What are words? What are words today? I don't know. But because of his alcoholism, that's why he died. Oh. He died in 1940, and he had a much smaller impact over Ed's life than his mother did, obviously. Yeah. Ed soaked up his mother's lessons about the world and seemed to embrace her harsh views. Locals had known them for a long time, and until the day of his arrest, they'd sort of liked Ed. He made his living by doing odd jobs for people. He was frequently described as odd, but polite and dependable, and the community trusted the brothers and regarded them as reliable. So Ed and Henry both did odd jobs for people. They were like handymen around town. And seriously, people actually, they actually liked him. He, uh, something that I didn't put in here was he liked to talk to people about true crime. (laughs) About, oh, really? About cases that were happening. He would read something in the newspaper and want to talk to people about, you know, what was going on. And What's wrong with that? Nothing. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that he, he liked that. And he would read mystery novels. and I know. like him. Yeah. I mean, Maybe. he was a likable guy. Okay. His services as a babysitter were also in high demand in the community. Oh. He was good with kids. Okay. Who would have thunk that? God, can you imagine finding out that you let him babysit your kid? Nope, can't imagine that. Okay. Mm -mm. Nope, and Ashton will be with me forever now. Right. (laughs) Though Henry sometimes stood up to his mother, Ed never did. Henry would stand up to her about the woman he was dating. He was actually dating someone that his mother didn't approve of because she was a divorcee. Oh. And had two kids. Oh. She's a sinner. Oh, yeah. She was a filthy, filthy sinner. Yeah. So it's no surprise, really, that Ed's first possible victim was likely his older brother, Henry. Mm. Okay. In 1944, Ed and Henry set out to clear some vegetation in their fields by burning it away. As they worked, their fire suddenly got out of control. When firefighters arrived to put out the blaze, Ed told them that Henry had vanished. His body was found soon afterward, face down, dead from asphyxiation. At the time, it seemed like a tragic accident, but accidental or not, Henry's death meant that Ed and Augusta had the farmhouse to themselves. Hmm. They lived there in isolation for about a year until Augusta's death in 1945. So, an autopsy was never done on Henry. Really? Yeah. But it was quite obvious that... 
the fire is not what killed him. Ah, ha, ha. But the family refused to have an autopsy done. So that's why they can't for sure say that he was Ed's first victim. Mm. So, yeah. And then mom died. So timeline here. Okay. 1940, dad dies. Okay. 1944, brother dies. 1945, Augusta dies. Mom dies. Okay. And now Ed's alone. That's not good. Mm Mm-mm. After Augusta's death, Ed transformed the house into a sort of shrine to her memory. He boarded up rooms that she'd used, keeping them in pristine condition, and moved into a small bedroom off the kitchen. Living alone, far from town, he began to sink into his obsessions. Ed filled his days by learning about Nazi medical experiments, studying human anatomy, consuming porn, and reading horror novels. You did it again. Why was he left unsupervised? Why? Because everyone died, Amanda. They're all dead. And he's a grown-up. He can be by himself. No. No, he does not need to be by himself. They didn't know he was gray. At this point, the town still loved him. I know. They didn't know he was gray. He also began to indulge in his sick fantasies, but it took a long time for anyone to actually realize it. Mm. Yeah. It's it's nasty. It's pretty gross. It's nasty. For a full decade, no one thought much about the game farm outside of town. Everything changed in November 1957 when a local hardware store owner named Bernice Warden vanished, leaving nothing behind but bloodstains. Bernice, a 58-year-old widow, had last been seen at her store. So, go look at the picture that says Bernice Warden, both her names. Okay. This is just a picture out of the newspaper. I couldn't find, I couldn't find a better one. This is the only picture of her I found that I could be for certain that it was her. Well, I mean, as long as it's accurate. Mm Mm-hmm. That's her. It's not, it's not bad. You can still see what she looks like. Yeah, it's just a little. Sweet little little lady. Mm Mm-hmm. So, she, uh, she owned a hardware store. It was hunting season, so there was not that many people in town, but... Her last customer was Ed Gein. His <laughs> name was on on the little... <laughs> on the register. Yeah. <laughs> yep. On the receipt. He had gone into the store to buy a gallon of antifreeze. Mm. Police went to Ed's farmhouse to investigate and found themselves in the middle of a nightmare. So I have a picture of the farmhouse. Okay. If you want to go look at the one that says farmhouse. Yeah. Creepy. Creepy. Yeah. Creepy. So it, like, looks like... The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, it does. (laughs) Oh, my. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty damn close, actually. Yeah. I see it now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it looks abandoned. Almost. Yeah, but he, like, that's when they arrested him. He was living there. But, yeah, it looks, it's all run down. Deputies went to his 160-acre farm on two separate occasions. The first time he wasn't there, and the second was when they looked in a nearby shed that doubled as a summer kitchen. (sighs) Those of you that uh, don't know, like in the olden days, they would have two separate kitchens. Mm -hmm. The main house kitchen that you cooked in most of the year, and then a smaller kitchen outside to cook in in the summertime so it wouldn't make the rest of the house so hot. Genius. Mm-hmm. So, it was in the summer kitchen outside. Okay. There's lots of those in the south. Yes, there are. So, <laughs> she was dead. Yeah. Decapitated and hung by her ankles from the rafters like a hunter would do to skin a deer. Yep. 
Poor Bernice. Yep. I have a picture that um, may or may not go mm. on there of her hanging headless. Yeah. The picture that I chose is an angle that is not as bad as the ones you see when you Google it. Okay. They There are legitimately pictures of her gutted body hanging. Oh, yeah. I don't want to see all that. Yeah. It, um, I it think was this bad. one is okay. It was bad. But last time I had graphic pictures that I didn't include, you got upset that I didn't include any graphic pictures. No, I'm glad you showed it to me. So <laughs> there's that one, but there's, there are others that are much worse that I didn't include. There are also pictures, if you Google it, of her head. Okay. I did no, not I, include I that this as is well. A, this is good. This is good. It was not it, a pretty Google. <laughs> it no. was not a pretty Google. Trust me, this picture still has plenty of shock value mm-hmm. if that's what you're into. It's bad. It's bad, um, friends. But it's it's okay. It's a good. Okay. It's, it's good. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> there were also oh. countless bones, skulls, impaled on his bedposts, and bowls and kitchen utensils made from skulls. Oh, good. Worse than the bones were mm. the household items that Ed had made from human skin. Okay. Authorities found chairs upholstered in human skin, a trash can made of skin, uh-huh. leggings made from human skin, nine or ten masks made from faces, <laughs> a belt made of nipples, <laughs> a pair of lips being used as a window shade drawstring, a corset made of a female torso, and a lampshade made from a human face. Okay. I have two pictures for you, if you want to go to the notes. I have a picture of the chair. Okay. Of a policeman loading it up. So it's a basic wooden chair, like kitchen chair. Oh, okay. But that strip in the middle there that you sit on at the bottom, that's that's skin. That is people skin. And then the one that says mask is a picture of one of the masks that (gasps) he made that he would wear. (gasps) Oh he made nine or ten of these. Oh. Those are people teeth. Okay. He kept the teeth. He he attached the teeth to oh, the skin. Yep. Afterwards. So there's that. I'm going to drink now. Okay. I also found a picture of mm. what I think was the nipple belt, but it was hard to be certain because you would not imagine the amount of replicas. Oh, absolutely. You can, you can buy. I want a nipple belt. Ma'am, you need to calm down. I want one. You can buy nipple belts, you can buy lampshades and chairs oh, oh my God. that look like okay. they are made of bones and human skin. Y'all, calm down. Like that's, It is that's, insane. There are handbags and gloves and aprons that are Ed Gein inspired. I don't like it. All over the internet. I don't it like it. It is insane. It's nasty. Y'all nasty. You do what you do, <sighs> but I don't, it's not for me. Mm-mm, no. I, mm. I, uh, I'm Gucci, baby. I mean, the nipple belt is funny. To say nipple belt yes. is funny. Yes. Do you really want a belt no. made out of nipples? No. No. no but not just fun. to have like a fake one, if it was super cheap, I'd be like, look, I got a nipple belt. I'd never wear it. No. Ew. No. Because <laughs> that would be gross. No. 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 But I definitely do not want a handbag or a chair or... And it, you're... You need to go. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I saved one of the pictures and then I decided not to put it on there. I'm going to put it on there real quick. Okay. Of the lamp. Yeah. Let's see the lamp. <laughs> oh my fucking God. 
there are floor lamps with that same type of lampshade made out of, it looks like it's made out of a spine. Is yeah. this a replica? Yes, this is a replica. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Okay. Like, there were so many replicas like this. Ew. There's a whole face on there. Yeah, that's what that's what the chair it looks, looks like. like a kid. It, it looks like multiple faces sewn nope. together. Nope. It's unreal. Nope. Mm-mm. Hold on, I'm going to have to zoom in on that chair again. Okay. Okay. That's people's skin. Yep, that's... So... Wow. Along with the skin items, <laughs> police found various dismembered body parts, including fingernails, Ugh. four noses, and Ew. the genitals of nine different women. The fuck? They also found the remains of Mary Hogan, a tavern keeper who'd gone missing in 1954. <sighs> I have a picture of Mary Hogan alive. Okay. No more dead bodies. Huh. But that's Mary Hogan. She was, uh, she worked at a bar. She was a tavern keeper. Okay. Get and, it. Yeah, she went missing three years before Bernice did. Oh, wow. So she had been never there found. for yeah. a while. Mm -hmm. Okay. One of the masks was identified as Mary. Oh, God. While Bernice's head was found in a bag, oh. and her internal organs were in a bucket near her body. Oh, so he was just getting started. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, oh. and there are pictures of the head and the organs, and I did not include that. Yeah, no, I'm good. Mm -mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we're not eating this week. Me too. <laughs> I don't know if I could. Yeah, I could. You can always eat. Yeah. I feel a little, little bad about it. Maybe. Depends on what we're eating. Yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> Ed admitted that he'd collected most of the remains from three local graveyards, which he'd started to visit two years after his mother's death. He told police he'd gone to the graveyards in a daze looking for bodies that he thought resembled his mother. Mm. Oddly enough, he never actually dug up his mother. Yeah. Weird, huh? I, he didn't want to desecrate her body. I guess. I don't know. It's weird. Because that was a sin. <laughs> All this other shit's cool, but... <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, digging her up is a sin. People, uh, people are cray. <laughs> With the help of a grave digger, only known as Gus, he'd exhume the bodies and collect whatever struck his fancy. All right, Gus, Gus, let's go. Sometimes Gus, Gus. <laughs> Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> sometimes he reburied the body untouched. Sometimes he took the entire thing. And sometimes he took pieces. Oh good. Yeah. <laughs> he only killed, he said, when Gus was committed to a home. So I don't know if it was like an old folks home or a crazy people home or both. I don't know. Okay. He told authorities See, that he was left unsupervised mm -hmm. and look what he did. Yep. This is what happened. Yeah. He told authorities that he had wanted to create a woman's suit so that he could quote unquote become his mother and crawl into her skin. He would put the skin suit on at night, cover it with his mother's clothes and talk to her. He had even claimed that he wanted a sex change operation to make him closer to his mother. Ew. Uh, yeah. 
Okay, I'm ooing that. I'm yucking yeah. that. I'm ooing it. Nope, nope. We're that gonna is not we're okay. gonna go ahead and yuck that yum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Okay. <laughs> God. Following the police visit to Ed's house, the butcher of Plainfield was arrested. I had nowhere else to stick this in, really, so we're sticking it in right here. I got one more <laughs> picture for you. It's a newspaper clipping of. <sighs> It's a newspaper clipping uh, about the crime, but the picture is of the state of this summer kitchen. Oh, my God. It's legit filthy and disgusting. Okay, here I go. Legit filthy and disgusting. There are oh, there's stacks shit everywhere. of shit everywhere. And you know there's fingernails oh, and teeth stinks. and all that shit in there. And mm-mm. Nope, 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 mm. nope. Oh, it's not okay. Oh, my God. Oh, I don't. I'm, I'm glad it's grainy. Yeah, it's it's nasty. That's nasty. That's nasty. So, he was found not guilty by reason of insanity in 1957 mm-hmm. and sent to the Central State Hospital for the Criminally Insane, where he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Yeah. Obviously, he's talking <laughs> to his mother in a skin suit. Uh-huh. In March 1958, flyers advertised the auction of Olive Gein's property from household items all the way up to the farm itself. Before that is the- twisted, and I like it. <laughs> That's a thing. That's what people do to clear out the house. <laughs> I mean. We make money off of it. Sure. Before the auction happened, though, the farmhouse burned to the ground. Hmm. wonder how that happened. Odd. Ten years later, Ed was deemed fit to stand trial and was convicted of the murder of Bernice Warden, but just of Bernice Warden. Gein would claim that he didn't remember the events that happened at the hardware store, in part because of a massive aversion to the sight of blood. Can you believe that? What? Because he claims he never killed up until that. That was his first murder. Okay. All the other bodies that he was working with were dead. There there was no blood. Oh. Trey, right? Okay. Okay. And I guess that's why, that's why he... Sh- strung her up that makes sense and drained her so then he wouldn't have to deal he with wouldn't it. have to deal with the blood okay yeah it's gross the fact that you rationalize that <laughs> is a little scary well i had to think about that <laughs> last know, night because it was like right, how, how with all that shit was that he was doing yeah. how did he have this aversion to blood how yeah, are you gonna so make a face them. lamp if you have an aversion to blood well it's because he worked with already dead bodies to begin with. Mm-hmm. That's why he decapitated her, so she mm-hmm. proved that. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was sheriff's deputies who determined that he had first shot Bernice before slitting her throat and taking her home. He was never tried for Mary Hogan's murder because the state allegedly saw it as a waste of money. Ed was insane. He would spend the rest of his life in hospitals either way. So they didn't want to waste the money on another trial. Yeah. Me either. Yeah. But that raises a chilling question. How many people did Ed Gein kill? Yeah. Yeah. Until his death, he only ever admitted to murdering Warden and Hogan. The other bodies, police found as many as 40 in his home. Oh, my gosh. He claimed he'd robbed from graves. Ed Gein died on July 26, 1984. He was 77 years old, and the official cause of death was complications from cancer. Ed is buried between his mother and his brother... (laughs) But the site is unmarked today. After years of curiosity seekers chipping off pieces of his headstone, the marker was stolen in 2000. Oh, my God. Then it turned up in Seattle in 2001. And now it's at the Wapaka Museum. 
Okay. Well, I so. guess it's safer there. Yeah. And something else that I had cut out when he was in prison or the hospital for the criminally insane, whatever. Yeah. Prison. Crazy jail. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like that term. <laughs> when he was there, one of his hobbies was making women's handbags. <laughs> oh, my fuck. Yeah. And the judge had asked him at one of his hearings or whatever how he liked it there. And he was like, well, I like it there very much. I have a schedule. But there's some crazies there. <laughs> <laughs> he called somebody else crazy. He was like, bro, bro, you was wearing a nipple belt and you was pulling <laughs> lips on the window oh, shade. <laughs> you had lips on your blinds, bro. Um, Calm down, fella. <laughs> Oh my god. So one more one more little paragraph. <laughs> okay. Ed is very commonly called a serial killer, but it's entirely possible that's not at all accurate. Oh. The term serial killer is someone who has had to have committed at least three murders over more than a month with an emotional cooling off period in between. So Okay. Okay. Officially he's only killed two people. Right. So we may never know how many people actually fell victim to the Butcher of Plainfield, but it is certain that Ed Gein stands as one of history's most disturbing killers. Yes. Yes, he does. He is way up there. Mm -hmm. The end. Wow. Well done. As always. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh my god, there's the photos again. <laughs> Stop looking are. at them. Well, I closed out your case. And, <laughs> <laughs> and there they were. There it is. Whoop, there it is. <laughs> that was not appropriate, Brittany. That wasn't appropriate. Is any of this appropriate? Not really. Okay, then. Okay. Now that we've got that established, <laughs> let's dive into my case. Okay. Okay. So, are you familiar with um, Liz Golier? Vaguely. I could use a refresher. Carrie Farver. Or maybe Dave Krupa. Well, if you don't know those three people, <laughs> you about to. Okay. Dave Krupa watched his cell phone blow up with dozens of text messages from his stalker. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> My favorite thing to do is stand outside and stare at you, one message read. <laughs> that's not at all creepy. <laughs> that's normal. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Krupa. Koopa Troopa. I can't. Like, every time I read it, I was like, I can't. That's <laughs> so Koopa Troopa. Okay. That's great. 36 at the time. Was almost used to it by now. He would go on to receive tens of thousands of texts and emails like this over a three-year period. Well, that's much too long, sir. Yes. The messages are rife with jealousy and rage at first. Then over time, the tone changed from spiteful to threatening. Okay. I hate you so much. I want to drive a knife in your heart. Read one message. Yikes. Another one. I will destroy your life and take your happiness. So change your phone number, bruh. You'll see. Okay. (laughs) He said he can't remember how many times he changed his number. Oh, yeah. Okay. And yet the messages kept coming. What do you do when somebody invades every space of your life? He said they all appeared to be from Carrie Farver, a woman he dated for only two weeks in Omaha, Nebraska. 
but no one had physically seen her for a very long time. Hmm. It was years after the harassment began that detectives uncovered a vindictive lover who had gone to extreme and deadly lengths to destroy her perceived rival. OMG. Yeah. Dave Koopatrippa thought that he had found a great match until the Omaha, Nebraska mechanic soon found himself in a real-life fatal attraction situation more bizarre than any movie. It began in the fall of 2012 when Koopa Troopa was struck by a gorgeous woman who came to the counter at his auto repair shop to get her SUV fixed. Okay. There were sparks between the pair, but Dave was at work representing his company, and he didn't feel like he could make a move. What a gentleman. I know. But weeks later, when he stumbled upon the same woman on a dating site, he reached out to her and learned her name was Carrie Farber. When Carrie returned to his auto repair shop soon after, they exchanged numbers and made plans to grab dinner. Okay. I got a photo of Carrie. Okay. I actually have two photos. Okay. Look at her eyes. She's got gorgeous eyes. My goodness. Yeah. He really liked her eyes. Don't blame you, pal. Oh, no. They light up when she smiles. Oh, my god! And she's got a really pretty smile. She does. If you want to look at the other one. And she's got a little pixie cut. dimples. Yes, she does. She's cute. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good on you, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Should have maybe stuck with that one. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We were very, I would say, enthralled with each other. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. On their first date together. Um, He did an interview with Dateline. That's where all this is coming from. Okay. Just in case you're curious. (laughs) They agreed to go back to his apartment, but just after they arrived... Koopa Troopa's ex-girlfriend, Liz, showed up to collect some of her stuff. Awkward. Yep. Shauna Liz Gallier was the partner of Dave Koopa Troopa. They call her Shauna, but everybody else calls her Liz. Like, that's what she really goes by. So, I'm just going to say Liz. Liz wanted to advance their relationship, but um, Dave was just interested in having the physical relationship with her. Because he's a dude. Because he's a dude. And I'm going to show you a photo of her. And she was probably a freak. Okay. She looked like she probably a little freaky deaky. She, maybe. Yeah. Probably. She all tatted up and stuff. Definitely. Um, pretty sure I have that black and gray striped sweater in my I'm pretty closet. sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't hate the, like, I mean, she's got a good look going on. Mm-hmm. I don't hate it. But um, I don't know. I can just kind of tell that maybe she got a little gray. A little bit. Okay. So while it made for an awkward few moments, Dave said that Carrie didn't seem phased. So she told him it was not a big deal and just told him to call when he had everything sorted out. So she mm-hmm. left. Uh, as would I. No. Fuck no. All she was doing, come pick up her stuff. I'm the current girlfriend. Did you leave? No, she went and they went on one date. That was their first date. So? <laughs> I would have been out of there. Nope. <laughs> Gone. I would have stayed just to make it awkward for the other girl. Because <laughs> mm. I'm petty. You, I was going to say, you're so fucking petty. I'm fucking petty. <laughs> I would have been like, okay, this makes me uncomfortable. I'm going home now. I don't <laughs> Bye. I don't know. If I mean, the younger me probably would have, but now I probably would <laughs> like, hi, nice to meet you. Because <laughs> I'm too nice. I'm so nice. I can't help myself. I can't be mean anymore. It just, uh, anyways. Okay. (laughs) Speaking of awkward moments. uh, 
So Dave called her later and she invited him to her place. But before the romance turned physical, she cautioned him that she wasn't looking for anything serious. And ding, he's ding, like, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> You stole my words. I'm sorry. As a man, I'm always looking for companionship, so I'm always looking for a girlfriend, but never a committed relationship. Feeling now as though he had met a kindred spirit, the romance between Carrie, a single mom, and him started to grow. She was extremely intelligent. She was much smarter than I am. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, she self-awareness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of him. <laughs> he took the first step. <laughs> okay, so Carrie worked close to Dave's apartment as a computer programmer at West Corporation, and the pair began to regularly meet up at his place. <laughs> I don't like that word either. Mm, nah. <laughs> On a regular basis, they met up at his place. <laughs> A few weeks into the relationship, she told him that she had a big project at work and wanted to stay at his place for a few days rather than drive an hour back to her place in the country. Okay. That's a little soon. That's a lot of soon. But, um... Okay. Okay. The romance um, was going so well that Dave actually did begin to reconsider his no-commitment rule. With Carrie, there was a potential of that long term. It might have been different. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But just hours after leaving her at his apartment um, in early November of 2012, he was surprised to get a text from her asking whether they thought they should move in together. Okay. Slow down, honey bunny. Yeah. When Dave shot down the suggestion, the tone of, re- of the relationship quickly shifted. Yeah. As soon as I texted her back, I get a text back that says, fine, I don't ever want to see you again. Go away. I'm dating somebody else. I hate you. Like, on and on and on and on. Yeah. That's weird. (laughs) He's like, okay. Initially, he believed that that was the end of it. But in the days and weeks, then years that would follow, he began receiving a series of bizarre and threatening texts and emails from accounts linked to her. Some even focused on the ex-girlfriend of his, Liz. Mm-hmm. She seemed to be watching him and sent eerie messages telling him that she still had a spare key to his apartment and often let herself in when he wasn't at home. The harassment seemingly extended to Liz as well, who told police that she discovered the words whore from Dave painted on the wall of her garage. Oh, my God. It seemed that Carrie had even created a fake obituary for Liz. Okay, that's weird. (laughs) Carrie's family was also concerned. Um, She initially told her mom, Nancy, and her teenage son, Max, that she was going to spend a few days in Omaha with a man named Dave so that she could be closer to work, which was true. Mm-hmm. And yet, just days later, Nancy got her own set of bizarre text messages from Carrie saying that she had quit her job and was suddenly moving from her home in Iowa to Kansas. Okay. That's weird. Yeah. She said it was totally off the wall. Nancy knew her daughter, daughter struggled with bipolar disorder, but um, she had been taking medication and doing well. She was in a very good place. I mean, she had been for a very long time, she said. As the month slipped by, Carrie failed to show up for many family events, including her own father's funeral. Okay. Or call any of her family members, despite their pleas, choosing instead to only communicate on occasion through electronic means. Okay. I wasn't sure what was going on, but I just knew something was wrong, said her son, Max. Yeah, that is, that's sad. 
Um, Nancy filed a missing persons report in the Potawatomi uh, County Sheriff's Office. That That's it, a great word. I freaking love that word. Potawatomi. So Potawatomi. <laughs> Potawatomi. <laughs> but initially, authorities felt there was nothing they could do about a woman who was grown, who simply had chosen to drop out of her life. I fucking hate that. Mm-hmm. To police in Omaha, Carrie had become a disturbed stalker, but authorities in either state were still unable to physically speak with Carrie, although she had texted a detective from Potawatomi County asking to be left alone. She texted the police. <laughs> How's she getting the number to the police? I mean, they were texting her, so she texted them back oh, and said, okay. leave me alone. The harassment towards Dave was only intensifying. In one message, Carrie claimed to have kidnapped Liz... And another, she said she was planning to move into a building in Dave's same apartment complex. Well, that would be strange. It would be strange. Mm -hmm. Then that winter, Dave found Carrie's SUV abandoned in the parking lot of the apartment complex. Okay. Um, authorities impounded it and discovered the vehicle was mostly clean, except for a mint container in the cup holder with an unknown fingerprint. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. On August 17th, 2013, Liz frantically called Dave to say that her house had been set on fire and her pets, including two dogs, a cat, and a pet snake, all perished in the blaze. That's too much animals for one house. That is, that's a lot of animals, but that's so sad. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. It's very sad. I'm not lying. I set that nasty horse house on fire message oh my God. <laughs> from an account linked to Carrie Red. I hope the whore and her kids die in it. Oh, my God. For a while, the harassment brought Dave and Liz closer together, and the pair rekindled their romance. Okay. Mm-hmm. Brown chicka bow wow. He repeatedly tried to change his phone. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was trying to keep coming. I'm sorry. <laughs> of course it's brown chicka wow wow. Okay, sorry. <laughs> He repeatedly tried to change his phone number, and he moved to Council Bluffs, Iowa in February of 2015 to try to escape the abuse. By then, the romance between Dave and Liz was actually dying down, and the harassment seemed to be tapering off as well. Except Dave discovered one day that one of his guns had been stolen from his apartment. Oh, no. Yep. Around the same time, in April of 2015, Potawatomi County Detective Ryan Avis and Investigator Jim Doty became intrigued with the case and questioned whether Carrie, who had continued to elude authorities in her family for years, was alive at all. Mm. The pair decided to approach the investigation through a unique lens. One approached it as if she was dead, and the other one did it as if she was alive. Okay. There were things that would lead us to both conclusions, Dodie explained. You know, she's still active, sending text messages and sending pictures, so maybe she's alive, but she's also missed so many significant events and hadn't been physically seen by anybody. Mm-hmm. Her dad's funeral. Yeah, I mean, that that's on, a people. huge red flag for me. Oh, yeah. Like, she sent her mom a text message, and she's like, sorry, I missed the funeral work and stuff or something like that. It was it was very that's odd. That's not okay. I tried to go back and find the photo of it, and I couldn't remember which article <laughs> it was in. So they started back at square one, diving into mountains of digital evidence and records. Investigators would finally get the break they needed when Avis noticed Liz in the station one day. 
She was filing a harassment report, but this time it wasn't against Carrie. It was against another one of Dave's ex-girlfriends and the mother of his two children, Amy Flora. Okay. Liz claimed that Amy had also been stalking her on Facebook and said she started to realize that maybe Carrie had never been stalking her and Dave at all. She suggested that Amy was the one who really did it, disguised herself as Carrie. Okay. Like I said, they only dated for two weeks, and I don't understand why a person would still be stalking him almost almost three years later. Um, She said in an interview with Avis, I would find it more reasonable to believe that his kid's mom is the one. Like how she's trying to throw the shade. Right. Just one day later, the case would take another stunning turn. I'm okay. I'm okay. (laughs) When Liz placed a frantic 911 call, reporting that she had been shot in the leg at Big Lake Park. She suggested that her attacker had been Amy, but investigators would reach an entirely different conclusion. Are you fucking ready for this shit? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Oh, my God. After diving into the evidence, investigators began to put the pieces together in the baffling case. They, too, determined that Carrie had never been the one stalking Dave and believed that she had likely been killed by the real culprit back in 2012 while she was staying in Dave's home. Mm. They found evidence suggesting that Liz, not Amy, had been the one impersonating Carrie the whole fucking time. Bum, bum, bum. Investigators found Liz's fingerprint on that mint container in Carrie's abandoned car and were able to determine that the bizarre and threatening messages had originated from Liz herself. Oh my God, bitches be cray. Liz was arrested for Carrie's murder in December of 2016. The best part of it was being able to go to Nancy and tell her, we've arrested somebody for the murder of your daughter, Dodie said. That was what made working on this whole case worth it. Mm-hmm. While the case was mostly circumstantial at that point, just before it ever went to trial, investigators would uncover a, uncover a memory card linked to Liz that contained a disturbing photo. The photo appeared to show the foot of a dead body. No, I don't have the photo. I'm sorry. Ah. With the same distinctive tattoo that Carrie had on her foot. Why are you taking pictures of dead bodies? She's stupid. Oy. With the help of the new evidence... Liz was convicted and sentenced to life behind bars. And finally, the man of the hour that makes all the ladies go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I have Mm. some pictures of Dave. Okay. Then and now. Oh. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Really? Really. That's not what I expected. There's a photo of him now. He did grow some facial hair to try to help out. I mean, that helped a little bit, but. He's trying yeah. with his hair. He's got yeah. the little swoopy. He does have a little swoopy. Somebody else fixed his hair. His current <laughs> yeah. girlfriend fixed his hair. Dateline fixed his hair. Dateline <laughs> fixed his hair. <laughs> yeah. So she set her own house on fire. Killed she her own shot pets. herself in the leg. <laughs> She's crazy. Piece it all together. This bit is, she is batshit crazy. Yeah, she cray. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, she's not an official schizophrenic, but damn. I mean, <laughs> I, I had to. I, they I should like, run some tests. It, yeah, I, I definitely think they should. Yeah. So there's that one. All right. Well, that was, um, that was great. I like that. Good job. 
<laughs> first time I heard, I mean, it stuck with me because I was like, what? What? Mm-hmm. It's like one right after the other. She did what? Yeah. Yeah. She cry. Mm-hmm. I mean, she got crazy eyes. She does. All right. Wow. Douchebox. Douche. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Garrison. Douche. <laughs> That's great. I love it. This episode's coming to you on August 17th. Yeah. We've got Thomas Griffiths Wainwright. That's a lot of names. That one person. a lot of... October 1794. Damn. <laughs> to August 17th, 1847. Okay. He was an English artist, author, and journalist who is widely believed to have been a serial killer and multiple poisoner. Oh, great. He was transported to the Australian penal colony <laughs> of Van Van Diemen's Land. <laughs> I swear to fuck. Oh, my God. Okay, it's three words. Van. Yes. Demons De- is spelled D-I-E-M-E-N apostrophe S. Land. Which is now Tasmania. Yes. So he was transported there for forgery where he became a portraitist. Portraitist. There you go. For Hobart's elite. His life captured the imagination of renowned literary figures such as Charles Dickens, Oscar Wilde, and Edward Bulwer Lytton. Okay. All right. So he killed a bunch of people, poisoned them, went to Australia, and became an artist. He kept strychnine in a special compartment in a ring on his finger. Nice. Yeah. Wikipedia's got some great photos of him and his artwork. Let's Google this one. He was orphaned when he was very young. His mother died at childbirth. That's Um, sad. Oh, my. Mm -hmm. Oh, my. Okay. Well. I like his digs in this Wikipedia photo. All right. It's very regal. Very regal. Um, self-portrait, though. It's a self-portrait. <laughs> so He's got a pointy nose. <laughs> yes, he does. What's wrong with his lip? What is that? I don't know. <laughs> that, uh, the uh, Cutmere sisters, Jane and Lucy. Mm-hmm. That's kind of creepy. It is. It That's looks like creepy. they're conjoined twins. Yeah. A little bit. Like, when I first glanced at it, I was like, whoa. Kind of freaking me out. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's good. <laughs> Yeah, he killed peoples. He did. He killed peoples with his ring. Mm-hmm. Well, well there you go. There's Thomas Griffiths Wainwright. <laughs> Griffiths. That's so weird. It's too much. Yeah, I don't like it. Mm-mm. All right, well, there was your douche of the week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, that's great. <laughs> I really need somebody to write out for me what I'm supposed to say. Yeah, I think we should start getting scripted. <laughs> Stick to the script, bitch. <laughs> I should not have control. I should not have free reign. Because <laughs> that's the kind of shit that happens. <laughs> that's okay. There were several times during your case where you said something perverted and I just giggled. I didn't even say anything. You are talking about sticking it in. I was dying over here. <laughs> That's your job. I know. You were like, you were, you kept going, so I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> it's fine. I guess it's not <laughs> as funny when you're 
Probably talking about sticking things into dead bodies. Yeah. 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 And decided to let that one go. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, um, spooky stories. Send your spooky stories. Yeah. That's just what we title it. It does not have to be spooky stories. Send your stories about ghosts and true crime in your area urban legends urban legends mm-hmm. and ufo sightings mm-hmm. do you know where bigfoot lives tell me that do you know have you seen a real life fairy tell me that oh i would love to hang out with the fairies yeah did you go visit robert the doll in florida tell us about it oh yeah any trips to our favorite places on our list yeah. that we have going come on people we like all the stuff. Yes. Send us cool stories. So we will accept anything pretty much. Yeah. It just has <laughs> to know. be odd. Well, what other good stuff is there? Uh, anything weird. Just send us some shit. Yeah. We'll sift through It's acceptable. It. What else? Still keep your calendar open for spooky season. We're going to do fun things. Yes, we are. Um, clear out some weekends. Yeah. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Tentative. Tentative. <laughs> You said that so properly. (laughs) Why, thank you. Also, if you have any hump day treat ideas, Mm -hmm. case ideas, Mm -hmm. um, little tidbit stories that could replace a douche box one week. Kind of like Kristen did. Sure. With our onion head. That was great. That was great. Send us some stuff so we can make more stuff for you. Yeah, we like your um we like including y'all into this. Yes, let's interact, friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, and let's um, all gather around crisscross applesauce <laughs> for show and tell. Crisscross applesauce. <laughs> okay, rate and review and like us on the socials and share us on all the things and Come back next week. That's all we got. All right, we're gonna go. Okay, totals. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook and Instagram for episode pics and announcements. Please rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. We want to give a huge shout out to Stephen Goetzky for editing, Craig Weaver for music, and our very own Amanda Higgins for art. I'll talk at you next week.